0: And welcome to Get Involved Referee with me, Lindsay Heron, and our normal special guest, Steve Conroy, <laughs> Des Roach, and David McDonald as we pour over, well, the first uh, major cup final of the season, guys, uh, the via, the via play Cup Final, Celtic 2 Rangers 1, uh, uh, the Hamden Occasion, of course, taking place. Um, nothing really of any note, Steve, in that match. Quite a remarkable performance, really,
1: wasn't it? Uh, absolutely nothing, uh, nothing of, well, other than a victory for the other mob, absolutely nothing <laughs> much to, to speak about. And that's, I know we've talked here about how different, and we, we had, you know, Mr. Hatley and uh, Mr. Donnelly uh, last week. Mm-hmm. What a different world from uh, the Celtic Rangers games they played in. Um, but again, you know, played like gentlemen throughout spectacular and I have to say spectacular again spectacularly well handled by Nick
0: I was going to say Des we, we predicted didn't we Or we, sorry we predicted we thought there might be a VAR drama for for Nick to deal with and John Beaton to have a look at but my goodness there wasn't one uh, inkling of it during that full 90 minutes
2: no absolutely not uh, and I can only echo what Steve said I thought Nick handled the game absolutely perfectly and um, VAR wasn't needed, thankfully, Uh, so I think everyone was anticipating the the first final with it for that to to raise its ugly head. But no, uh, all major decisions called correctly, all players accepting of those decisions and Nick reinforcing why he is currently the best referee that we have in Scotland.
0: I think it was about an hour into the game, Steve, before we even get the first yellow card of the contest. I mean... That wasn't heard of about 15, 20 years ago, Oh, no, absolutely not. It might have been a, uh, an hour before the first stretcher got brought on, but
1: <laughs> absolutely not. It's, it's a different world. And congratulations to Nick and congratulations to every one of the players and the, uh, the the backroom staff from both teams as well um, for that game that's going to be watched by you know millions worldwide um, and to, to show that you can have a game without people kicking each other and uh, without diving all over the place. Just well done to everybody.
0: And the beauty of it was that even even the players were quicker to react than VAR in one instance early in the first half, eh? Who needs VAR when you've got Kyogo? <laughs> it was a remarkable speak, situation. Uh, I know,
1: amazing. I bet you John was, uh, b- uh, breathes a sigh of relief up there. Um, but yeah, f- again, and, and fair play to everybody. It's, it's obviously how it's ingrained to them now that uh, they do it in, in the right the right manner um, and Mr Beal got it the the other week and now it's uh, Keogh's uh, turn for it yeah what a different world.
0: It was a good bit of sportsmanship Des wasn't it I mean Kyogo's running through he clashes with Alan McGregor uh, the Celtic end are going ballistic screaming for a penalty because it's at the other end of course but uh, my goodness the striker got up right away and you know sort of v- motions to the referee that Alan McGregor got the ball.
2: I think it's probably the first time in history of an old firm game, that player's <laughs> not claimed for a penalty and there's been contact. Is that a different culture that we're seeing? Because obviously Kyogo not not being ingrained in it from from these shows. But no, absolutely correct. It wasn't a penalty kick. Kyogo's done the right thing. He's got up. He's got on with it. So that's Ranger's done it a couple of weeks ago. Celtic done it yesterday. It's a total sea wash, I think, that we're, we're experiencing at this moment in time. <laughs> uh, but not fair play to him.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. But one of your bugbears, of course, is simulation. And there was a little bit of that yesterday. Leo Abada coming on as a sub and kind of flinging himself into the box desk.
2: Yes, and I will be consistent uh, as a bugbear of mine. And I would have a retrospective punishment for it. I think it's a red card. If you are blatantly cheating, then (laughs) that's exactly what Abada was trying to do. I think he almost uh, looked sheepish when he got it because he accepted the card without any without any issue, but I've just got to get it out, and whether it's for a Celtic player, a Rangers player, or then a player, yeah, I'm I'm not going to change my stance on it, I think a, a simulation for blatant cheating should be a red card, and Nick, to his credit, got it correct, but that was because of his positioning, his reading of the play, and his consistency decision making, so well done.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, Steve, he was right on the, the the money there, Nick, he was close to where it all happened, and he didn't hesitate, he was, he, he was effective in his actions, very quickly oh absolutely and, and he
1: was he was like that all day he was you know n- not once the, the um, was he even a, in a position to miss anything and that's not luck that's that's skill that's practice and that's years and years of honing his skills um, he just had a fantastic game all round
0: and nobody could complain because he was right on it that's two high-profile ones because the first game he did was was in the COVID season, of course. When no fans there. Different dynamic, rather. And he's handled them both very well. You think this augurs well now for his future in terms of UEFA competition? Oh, I, I don't see how it can do otherwise. He's, he's certainly cemented
1: his, his place as our number one. Mm-hmm. You know, f- far and away uh, the best uh, that we've got just now. Um, and I'll stop mentioning Bobby, but since Bobby left, he, uh, Nick's taken over the mantle. And the, the SFA... Um, if they have any sense about them at all, we'll be pushing Nick as uh, far and as fast as as they can. He's he's shown now that he's up to the toughest game you get. You don't get a harder game than a Celtic Rangers Cup final. Um, he handled that with aplomb. So I can't think of a game that he's not suitable to do now. And the SFA would be mad if they weren't pushing him as as far as they as they can. And I, I have absolutely no doubt that UEFA we will be watching that game anyway. So it, it won't need, hopefully it won't just need us to be
3: pushing at that They've got a star on their hands. Steve, is this not the best time to introduce full-time referees? Put Nick, Nick Walsh up there as your shining example and go, this is what it takes to get here, but he's a full-time referee because I can inspire other people. and He's as
1: full-time as you get up here. I don't know that there's much... There's much anticipation and much fervour for being a a full-time referee. Certainly, I haven't heard any uh, talking about it. It's still... And, you know, being a a football is a precarious profession, but the the way it's been in the refereeing world, um, the guys have got other steady employment that's... uh, You know, it's it's long-term. So, God forbid, if Nick were to go out next week and break his leg uh, and not be able to ref anymore, he's got a living. Um, We've seen plenty of footballers that have that their careers have come to a grinding halt because of injury, because of illness. Um, I cert- For one, I certainly wouldn't want to be a, a, a full-time referee. I was happy with his full-time as it got up here, which is you know pretty much full on. Uh, as Mr. Wharton used to tell us, it's, it's not refereeing that pays your mortgage. Um, And I think that's, personally, that's the way it should be.
0: I think it could come down to finances though, guys, couldn't it? I mean, Des, you, you look at it and the SFA are not really pushing the boat out financially for VAR. We've got the basic limited model, haven't we? You know, I think Mike Dean, for example, who recently retired in England not long ago, he was earning up to 200000 a year as a full-time referee. So, I mean, the SFA couldn't possibly afford that, Des, could they?
2: Uh, certainly not. Like everything within Scottish football, sadly, it comes down to finance. And that's potentially why we, we lag behind in many, in, in many areas. We didn't get VAR because it was a, the case of money that was going to be uh, bringing it in despite us offering, saying we think we could have got sponsorship for it. But no, I mean, I remember Steve and I were active when we had the referee strike, when they were looking for more money on a a referee's match fee. Mm. So if you're you're going to be haggling for a match fee, can you imagine how much they would be looking at if you're looking to make a referee full-time? And then what baseline figures do you you put that against? So we used to always base ourselves against other countries such as Norway, Belgium, Denmark and, and the like. So you would need to take into account what is the what is the, the, the current pay over there? Are we in line with that? And then as Steve quite rightly said, a lot of these guys are professionals in their their day job. So are you going to be working, going to uni, doing your apprenticeship, etc. to to get a, a well a well paid job, to then give it up on the gamble that you might be a full time referee for a couple of years? I certainly wouldn't be I certainly wouldn't be doing that. As, as Steve again quite rightly said, football's not going to pay your mortgage. Yes, it's you're handsomely rewarded, but you've also got a life after football as well. So for that short window, I don't see too many referees up here taking taking that gamble. And I certainly don't see the the Scottish FA uh, coming up with the money to make referees full time.
0: They would have to come up with some uh, sponsorship package, I suppose, David. I mean, you look at it and they haven't really exploited commercial values, have they, or VAR either? We discussed that before. Uh, I mean, the thing is, I, mean, I think I Serie A, for example, it's about €5,000 a game for the for these guys. Uh, I mean, that's big money. Um, obviously, I don't know, how, like you say, how, how would you finance it in Scotland? Are they full-time in Italy? Yeah, yeah. full-time yeah. in Italy, so, full-time uh, in France, full-time in England, full-time in Portugal.
3: So it does work, it
0: can work. Oh, yeah.
3: You know, I mean, the model's there for it to work. I just don't understand why they're not doing it. And this is a great time. To embrace that moment when you've got a young referee like Nick coming through mm. who can inspire other younger generations to go, do you know what, I want to be a referee when I'm older, understand the implications of injuries. But you can't get insurance against that these days. There are companies that, you know, you can get insurance should you suffer a, a, an injury you from working or your profession the rest of your days. I just think it's one of the things as football fans, we've been screaming about it for ages. Why don't we have full-time referees? Because it would make them better. I'm not entirely sure it would make them better.
1: Um, it would make them fitter. Uh, it would make them much fitter um, and you'd get to uh, Ross County on a Tuesday night for an evening kickoff much easier than you would do with, with me having to negotiate, uh, negotiate with my GP partners to let me off at lunchtime. <laughs> um, so it would take away uh, all of that, absolutely, but I'm not entirely convinced it would make them better. And for the best will in the world, until you know the, there is a, a, a sea change at uh, FIFA or UEFA, until Nick can transfer to England, no matter what we think, Scotland will not come up with the money to have full-time referees. And if you're saying uh, Mike Dean was on 200k, that's a pipe dream up here, mm-hmm. not a
0: hope. It's difficult to, to quantify. I mean, I, I don't know if you've spoken to any colleagues in England or not or whether they think that the standard's improved or not. Or like you say, they get more time. They can they can look back at some of the, the problems that have, have existed in the season, but can analyse mistakes and analyse things that went well.
1: Well, I've had uh, discussions on, on the back of uh, our our presentations here. I've had discussions with, with people down there talking about what little regard English referees are held in currently. <laughs> so there you've got Mike Dean making a quarter of a million a year, but mm-hmm. the English up until recently still couldn't buy a place in a, uh, the, the later stages. So... There's no guarantee um, that even if you were full time, that you uh, your your stock would, would rise any higher. Okay. And I still don't think not in a month of Sundays with the SFA or or Scotland fully fund say eight people on quarter of a million, not mm-hmm. a chance. Might be a you know a, a good proposition, mm-hmm. but uh, talk till the cows come home. That's not going to happen.
0: I no, think- absolutely not. The one thing I suppose, Des, that and we go back to the beginning of this uh, segment of the discussion. That Steve was talking about Nick um, having the, the opportunity to do better in European football next year had been not brought in VAR this year. Then that would make him further down the pecking order, wouldn't it? Because you cannot operate in Europe unless you're working as a VA, working with VAR every week.
2: Yeah, and again, as we've probably mentioned previously. I think that was one of the contributing factors to VAR coming in quicker. Whether that's coming from the referee department lobbying for it to come in quicker to help our referees to to get there, or whether it was from teams. Now, I don't think it's from teams because it's going to be costing them money. But um, yeah, if we didn't have if we didn't have VAR, then Nick wouldn't have that opportunity. But as we've already said, Nick's just went and refereed a Celtic versus Rangers cup final, which is under massive scrutiny doesn't matter if it's a cut fail or not, it's under massive scrutiny. He's came through it, glowingly. Absolutely not one decision, major decision did he get wrong. That is obviously going to then say that, in my opinion, that if he can referee that, he can referee any game. And what he needs done now is we need lobbying from the SFA, from SFA power makers who are involved in UEFA. Get his name out there, get his name drummed up give him that opportunity get good mentoring get good leadership get good educational support because he's young he's fit he's obviously talented he's risen to the top of the game in the in our current domestic league so we've got to give him that opportunity how many countries if you think of portugal belgium etc they would die to have a a fixture like the old firm there's the eyes of the world on it and just a young glasgow born guy who's been through that game seamlessly so, yeah, he's got to be given every opportunity. Uh, not every opportunity to fail, but every opportunity to succeed.
0: Absolutely. Does that mean Nick goes for a double? Does he get the Scottish Cup as well, Steve?
1: I, and we, we talked about, and it, maybe there are things changing, who knows, <laughs> that he got this final, despite having a semi-final. Uh-huh.
3: So, who knows? Yeah. Uh, why wouldn't you anyway? I don't, don't. I don't get the whole fact of let's give everybody, I, I, you know, what I mean, a go at it. No, like the like, best guy in charge. That way, you're not going to be criticised. Look at the podcast now. We're sitting here talking about how magnificent a game Nick Walsh had. That's what we want to be talking about. We don't want to be talking about the the, the controversial VAR incidents or the missed penalty and this, that, and the other. We're talking about how great he is as a referee. Absolutely, so and c- as, as it should. Try. Let's have us continue talking about this in the future. As, as it should, the the best person
1: should always get the biggest games. We all have been involved with the SFA long enough that that isn't uh, a guarantee. But they they have changed. I can't remember the last time somebody did the final after doing one of the the, the semi-finals. Yeah. So who knows? The, but there will have to be some. Damasking and changes uh, in some of the performances for anybody else to when me a
3: sniff of, of getting the other final I mean that's why you and Des are here because me and Lindsay had a conversation who's the best retired referees in the market <laughs> and your two names came up <laughs> top of the list you're back to finance we're the cheapest <laughs>
2: <laughs> see if you think about it referees are the same as a player right it would be madness absolute madness for Ange Postecoglou. Or Michael Beale to go and stop that? Not pick their informed striker because I've got to give somebody else a go. That's that's the way to look at it. Mm-hmm. If if, uh, if Cholak <laughs> is scoring more goals than Morelos, you pick Cholak. If Kyogo's is scoring more goals than uh, Hak Sivanovic, you pick Kyogo. If the best referee is performing and it's Nick Walsh, or it's Des Roach or it's Steve Conroy, then you give them the better games. That's the way it's got to be. You, you, you don't drop the you don't drop the man in form. And I am saying that's tongue-in-cheek, by the way, saying that Steve Conroy was the best referee. So. <laughs> <laughs> For certain games, I certainly was.
0: <laughs> exactly. I don't think Axel Banovic is going to trouble Kyogo anytime soon, given the two chances he missed at the end of the game. <laughs> in that we, final.
1: We, well, no, I, I, I'd be in my shout going by, by that <laughs> logic.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Very interesting stuff. Uh, we'll see how that develops with Nick. Um, great to see him having such a good game. There weren't too many other talking points across the board, really, in, in the SPFL over the weekend either. Um, but one one sort of moment that's kind of dividing opinion was the red card for Dan Phillips of St. Johnston against St. Mirren, um, where he caught Ryan Flynn. Uh, and when the camera is frozen, uh, it looks absolutely horrific, Steve, um, as Phillips' uh, right foot comes down on top of his ankle and it looks as if it could be a leg breaker. It does look like
1: a, a a leg breaker and when you see the, the angle that his leg ended up at then is God alone knows how that, that didn't break. I think that was a uh, that was a horrible, horrible tackle. And we'll say that we, we know he's not like that, uh, the young man, but mm. that was a horrible, horrible tackle. But I have to say, hands up, that I'm saying that with the benefit of seeing VAR because on first viewing, the same view that Craig Napier got, that was a yellow every day of the week. Mm. Um, so there again, and it was relatively quick compared to some of the seven minutes that we've had. (laughs) That's how VAR's meant to work. Um, And they got the right decision eventually. I think it was a horrible tackle, but I would have cautioned them as well. So I'm with Craig on
0: that. Des, I don't think you believe that uh, it it might have been a red. I'll
2: justify it. I agree that the red card was a correct decision. I feel heartbrokenly sorry for the St Johnson player because the way he's taken the touch on the ball and he's turned... It's almost been unfortunate that the Sunderland player got underneath his foot, and it sounds stupid to say this. He's got his foot, his leg underneath the Saint Johnson player's foot. As, in, as the Saint Johnson player, Daniel Phillip, has turned around to take the ball in a, in a in a natural manner, and I don't think there's any malice. I don't think there's any intent. But when you look at the you look at the shape of the leg and how he's come away, and thankfully there's no broken leg or broken ankle. Thankfully for that. I just find that its 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 a correct It's a correct red card on on the viewing of it. But I actually felt sorry for the player because I don't think there was any any intention there. It was just a natural way that he was, his foot was in there, It's going to come down, and this St Munpler players almost created that contact. I would have like like sorry like um, um, Craig, and like Steve. Yeah, I think a yellow card on first viewing, you would go, okay, fair enough. But you could even see the shock in the St. John'son player's face when he got the red card because he didn't mean it. Mm-hmm. But I think even he will accept it that it was a red card for, for that decision as much as it's a, as much as it was unmeant.
0: I think that was that's that was the view across the football board, if you like, Steve, ex players, Callum Davidson, the fellow St. John'son players. Oh, that's never a never a red card. I mean, he didn't mean it. I mean, you know, it could have broken the guy's leg. You know, does that I mean if you kick someone in the head accidentally, you don't get sent off or you, you poke someone and knock their eye out? I didn't mean it. No, I'm, I agree completely. And,
1: you know, we've, we've just talked about there why uh, I'd be loath to become a full-time ref the first game you, <laughs> you do and you've got a leg breaker. In this day and age, you know, you, you recover from these things, but not everybody recovers fully. So that boy there, that was a potentially career-ending Tackle. Mm-hmm. It was horrible. Whether it was, in, you know, the the intent was there yep. to maim. Obviously, I don't think so, but it was certainly a red card. And for, and no, no offense to them, but for, for some of the St. John'son people to come out and say that they're baffled, they're they're clearly not looking at the same thing as I am, or they're just playing to their own audience. Mm-hmm. It was it was a red card, but I'll, I'll say again in Craig's defence. First time I saw it, it, it was a caution.
0: And they've appealed it, Des. So it'll be interesting to see how the panel views that one. With a few split decisions by the panel in the last few weeks in terms of rescinding or upholding red card decisions?
2: I, I think I would bet pretty strongly that that will be upheld. Red card will be upheld on that one.
0: <laughs> just one more little one, little call, and just to clarify the the offside rule for, for, for our listeners, Um, there was a, an incident in the Ross County Dundee United game, which absolutely proved disastrous for... For poor Liam Fox mm-hmm. who who's lost his job in the back of that four nil defeat. So now, can I just say that Steve predicted that
3: yesterday before he was actually terminated. Well, he wasn't terminated. Was it? It's a mutual agreement. Like yeah, you were saying in the group chat yeah. yesterday. Ah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. yeah I, you got good, 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 good inside information, Steve.
1: I either made it up or I've just seen some some hoax that was uh, removed the, the instant
3: I saw it. You um, should take just take credit and just have a good, great content okay, I knew it was coming.
2: <laughs> let, let, let's be honest. I don't think you needed Mystic Meg to realise that Liam Fox was jaws after it. Mystic um, Steve, <laughs> Mystic, uh, su- su- suspicious. Steve, I think that's what we're getting to. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Obviously, a oh, man just lost his job, but I think they're on the run of results and the way the play's been going recently. He was, he was, he was.
3: Climbing a, an uphill battle there. Sorry, Lindsay, I just jumped right over. No, there. absolutely fire Back into
0: it. <laughs> On a football thing, though, just quickly. I mean, that, that's another prime example of a of a of a situation where a decent coach is thrust into the job. He's at, he's offered the job. He takes it. He's probably not quite ready for it. And he loses his job and he's out the door completely. Stevie mm-hmm. Hamill, the same at Motherwell, uh, you know. It's, it could, it's Steve, Stuart Kettlewell's going in to take over, uh, and he was an inter. He's a, he was interim, and he gets it. Robson's interim, Barry Robson's interim up at Aberdeen. He might get that. Um, it Seems to go the way of the world at the moment. And, and all
1: gone are the days where uh, the likes of Des and I um, would be and Craig Levine at Cowden Beef, that just does, doesn't seem to be the the way that it does it <laughs> happens anymore. Yep. Um put yourself in Liam Fox's position, and, and it's funny we said to Gregory Vignal last last week that he's been ten years in the in the the, the training. But if a job like that is presented to, to Liam Fox when he's you know he's fresh out the box, mm. you'd be you'd be mad not to take it. Sure. Um but yeah, that's I think that's just far too far too big a job far too soon. Mm. And if he'd done Gregory Vignal's ten years of training and, and mm-hmm. uh, badges. Mm-hmm. Who knows? You might have come in and gone down a storm, but no, that you're on a hiding to nothing in that situation. Absolutely.
0: Um just to, 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 to recap, that incident was a was an offside decision. Jordan White header, and it bounces off Noah knowing uh, Kenna and goes into the net. Not that the the Kenna knew much about it, but um, offside was the right call in your view.
1: Oh yeah, I, I don't I don't see how the 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 deliberation. Uh, could take so long, but yeah, no, it was it was a, uh, a clear offside. The only thing I can think of is if the the discussion was whether he was interfering with play, did they think that the ball was going to go in anyway? I I don't know, but mm. you know, from from what I saw, it certainly bounced bounced off him enough to put the the goalie off. So okay. interfering with play, interfering with an opponent, yeah penalty every day of the week they yeah,
0: a penalty. <laughs> That's a goal line uh, offside. I mean, yeah, it, not that it mattered, Des, in the grand scheme of things, in a 4-0 victory for county women. When's the last time they scored four goals, for goodness sake?
2: What you can take from is, it shows that the referee and the refereeing team were, were alert and were getting the right decision, even though it was a, a bit of a one-way street mm. for Ross County. Mm-hmm. Um, but as i quite rightly said, the balls came off Jordan White. It's went forward, it's then hit. Kenna on it. So yeah, he's offside and he's gained an advantage by being in that place. He's interfered with play, he's interfered with an opponent and he's scored a goal. So uh, it's correctly correctly called offside. I think you'd probably need to get back in the record books to look for the last time Ross County scored four goals, mind you. Um <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, the refereeing team got that. They got that one correct and it showed that they were they were still alert and still concentrating for the full ninety minutes as they as it should be regardless of how the game is the game was progressing.
3: Guys, I've posted on our Instagram page, Get Involved Referee, a wee nostalgic moment. You'll definitely remember this one, when Gaza booked referee Doogie <sighs> Smith yes. for dropping his yellow card, and Doogie Smith goes into his back pocket, pulls out the yellow card it was just handed to him, and gives it to Paul Gascoigne. <laughs> a bit harsh, was it not? Back in 1995, that was.
0: That was horrendous. I, I mean, um, Gaza was just, just a one-off character, wasn't he? He was... Uh... Totally daft as a brush, and I thought that was very funny. I was actually at that game when he did that, and the whole crowd was laughing their heads off. And then they booed like crazy when, <laughs> when the 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 boorish referee decided to take the action against them.
1: Oh, it's still God love him. It's still cringy, um, <laughs> and I don't know what was going through. He said because he's he was never quite happy, do you? Um but. It, Obviously, his buttons were just pressed uh, that <laughs> night. It really is cringy. There was nothing dissenting. There was nothing in it. He was having a laugh. Although I was reading a book, Alistair Blair wrote a, uh, a book. Stop the game. We're going to arrest. I uh, stop the game. We're going to arrest the goalkeeper. <laughs> um, when he, he, he talks a bit about that, and apparently uh, Doogie's next day at training, his colleagues had strewn the the training pitch with yellow cards.
2: But I went. And it's, it's very unlike Diggy Because Diggy's actually very very witty And he's got a good, a good personality uh, So yeah I'm not sure What had preceded that moment in time But as I say, I'm sure Steve agreed Diggy's a Diggy's a really nice guy and his personality Is uh, not not normally like that But uh, I'm sure there was something That must have been happening beforehand to, to press his buttons
3: Excellent so yeah jump on Instagram And you'll get to see that video if you've not already seen it If you have seen it I'm sure you'll probably enjoy that wee trip down memory lane
0: yeah, and don't forget to leave all your messages with us on Instagram and on Twitter, and follow us on Get Involved Referee. And we'll see you next time on the podcast.